Hey, dear. How are you hey, doing? Uh, uh, well, I'm I'm less ill. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. So. Yeah, you know, not not as ill anymore. That's good. But body does not like recuperate for too long. Yeah, yeah. But this is fine because at least I'm not sick anymore. I don't need to recuperate, so now yeah. I can deal with all the other stupid flesh prison issues. But yes. um, can you hear like a? Bending, snapping noise. Yeah, it does sound rather like something is tearing itself apart a little. It's like some kind of huge dam is 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 breaking, heaving um, under its own weight a little. Where did you put the the list of of, of all the things that we've played, watched, and listened to since the last? Oh, just ep- just behind that uh, ad. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, we, we talk about the media we've consumed in the week. and do In this sil- case, the last fortnight. Yeah, and do silly voices and skits and stuff. It's been a weird media period for us because <laughs> we have had two weeks between recording, but also we ha- one of those weeks was very busy with work. But also, so much media happened somehow. Yes, it's like we finished as far as we're happy to with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. And there was like, there was some build up, some floodgate of, of media that we decided to om nom nom tasty media with. Yeah, we, we, in I, think, the intervening I think we've both been in that period of like, the big thing is kind of winding down. Om nom nom, consume a lot of small bits of little things of other things mm-hmm. that aren't just Tears of the Kingdom to have stuff to talk about. Oops, we consumed a lot of media. Yes. And then we didn't record an episode because I was sick. Yes. And you went here. <laughs> yeah, I was traveling. Um, so yeah, we, we, we don't, we may not talk about every single thing we've written on our topic list for this week. Or just we, the good stuff. Yeah. Or some <laughs> of them we might talk about in like little, like, here's a quick little thing. Anyway, we move on. Uh, what are you, what have we played this week? My goodness! Well, you've, um, you've played many things. I've, I've played many things. We'll we'll do a couple of skimmy things, shall we? Okay. We'll do a couple of skimmy things. So we played Great Western Trail again. This is the board game about taking cows across the country and getting them to go on on their favourite train yeah. as far as they can go along the trains because cows love trains. At least I'm pretty sure that's what the game is about. Yeah, something something you, like that. You gather the perfect Just hand train of rides. yeah. You gather the perfect hand of cows. You take them to Kansas, and then you wave them off on a train, and the cows all go and be very happy, and then you start again, maybe with the new cows. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we've played this before a few times. This was the first time we've come back to it in a, probably about a year. Yep. Uh, of note, this is not, uh, this is the edition that, like, um, this has. Is second edition. Yes. That fixes, it. there are some, maybe not perfect elements of it, but it got rid of some of the, the, uh, the worst complaints about the There is a woman edition. and a person of colour on it now. Indeed. <laughs> but they have removed all references to, to Native Americans. Yes, which I guess is better than bad references to Native Americans. Yes, because previously they were, like, the antagonists of the piece. Yes, yes. Uh, but as, as people have said uh, in sort of reviews of this before, it's very noticeable by absence. Yeah, I would prefer absence to a, to the issue. Yes, but, but also there is there. Uh, also, I suppose there is only so much you can do with this game yes. uh, and and have them ha- have, have characters. Yeah. 
least uh-huh. there is some diversity in it, and and less. Yeah. But, yes, uh, we... but also, we took tra- cows on trains. Yeah, yeah. We played a couple, couple more rounds of this. Yeah, we played twice on consecutive days. So once to just refresh our memories of the rules, <laughs> and and another time just to have a proper go at it. And it's, um, yeah. I really enjoy this. Once you take out the story of. I don't know. Maybe, maybe those cows are going to die. Maybe those cows no, are going to be eaten or something. No, they're just having a nice train they're ride. Just going that's going happening. That's, that's the best version choo-choo. of Choo Choo. Um, well, now you've said Choo Choo, I think we should talk about something else involving Choo Choo. Uh, oh yeah, we can talk about this this quickly. So uh, we've both played a uh, the demo for a game called Choo Choo Survivor. Yeah, just coming out in a couple of weeks, and uh, the pitch that's very simple is it's vampire survivors, but you're a train. There's, I think there's zombies trying to attack the train, and you're trying to get to the end of the train line, and you're buying weapons uh, to, to put on your train to fight the yep. things off so that you can get to the end of the track. Yep, and you've got to wave your mouse around to yeah. try and get um, pallets of, of stuff to come to yeah, your train, or, and it could be things like yeah. um, diesel to keep moving, or health to stop uh, or, the damage you've been done. Or pallets to spend on more upgrades for your stuff. Yeah, pallets of materials or pallets of gold. Indeed. Uh, you also have to pick up sort of your experience that way. It doesn't yes. automatically sort of magnet to you. You've got to sort of mouse over it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. This game is admittedly bare bones. Or this demo is admittedly bare bones. And um, we'll see how the final game is. It's looking like it'll also be fairly bare bones. But there's a few things in this that this does that I like. Um, I like, but yes. Okay. <laughs> first and foremost, the fact, the novelty factor of chain means that I will come back to this even if it's kind of mediocre. And I'm, I feel more positively on it than than you do. I think chain mm-hmm. just by nature of trains. Yes. Um. But yeah, things that I think this is doing well. Um. I like that when you get a new weapon for your train, um, unlike something like Vampire Survivors or a lot of these Survivors games, where your weapon has one set attack pattern and that's the way that weapon attacks, Mm -hmm. here... You can pick between a couple of presets of how that weapon's going to act, and it'll either yeah. You've got four different options, yeah, so it will either follow the cursor, yeah. It will target the nearest enemy. Yeah. It will just randomly fire, or it will yeah. fire just a a blast in a circle. Yeah, and I think that the, like that is an approach that is different to other survivors type games, mm-hmm. and I like that approach. Um, it gives some nice options. Um, I like the gimmick of you being on a linear track, in that I find. Not being able to play the back away, back away, back away game does change some of how there's you have no to think about it. it. Yeah, there's no kiting because you are on a linear track. Um, I, there are things that this is doing that differentiate it, and it certainly, it certainly doesn't have the problem I've had with a few of these survivors type games where I'm like, this is not doing anything different from Vampire Survivors, and it is not as good, and therefore there's no reason I would play it. Mm. It has its problems. And the main one, I think, is it looks like lack of content and lack of things to unlock mean that this is probably not going to be an experience where you have a particularly long play count before you have unlocked everything. Yeah. But um, I've played through the demo. I've done three runs in the demo. I have unlocked almost everything, as far as I can tell. That, that was available in that the demo. That was available yeah. in the demo. And then there are a bunch of things that are just like, mm, this is this is walled yeah. off, this is this is just uh, yeah. for once you get the full version. And that includes two extra levels. Yeah. And a, a, a group of different weapon types, or possibly different power-up types. Yes. 
And that's not a lot. Yes. And then there's the things like you, once you've got all the power-ups for speed and acceleration and uh, like the number of weapons and the extra trains you can get. Like the extra trains might be yeah. quite interesting. There's one in the extra one in the mm. demo that, that comes with like an extra a base weapon yeah. that's quite cool. And I like the fact that yeah. the different trains seemingly are going to have like, this is one weapon that is just for this train or the, yeah. this loco rather. Um, the way I feel about this game right now is the very similar to how I feel about, um, or I felt at launch about Renfield, which mm-hmm. is the vampire survivors game based on the Nicolas Cage vampire movie. Yes. Um, where I'm like, I genuinely think you have like you have some stuff that is an interesting tweak on uh, like uh, twist on the formula. There's not a lot here right now, and how I feel about this is going to depend on how long you support this after launch and how much you add to it over time. Yeah. Um, if you like every now like every now and then in a Vampire Survivors esque way keep adding a little bit more and a little bit more and more stuff keeps getting added, yeah, I will probably come back to this every now and then. And like being honest. I like having a rotation of su- survivors likes where even if there's not much new in there, I will occasionally go, I'm fancying one that's not the one I'm playing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'll dip back into one of the other ones. And this is going to be an, like, I will, I will buy this probably when it comes out and I will have this in the rotation. Even if, you know, it does not seem like it is going to be the bang for your buck that say Bone Razor Minions or Vampire Survivors are going to be, which is a ludicrous value for money proposition, yeah. but, it has set a sort of genre expectation that this is not looking like it's going to meet. No. Um, it's weird because, like, one of the first things I, I looked at on the store page, because it kept getting mentioned um, during um, Summer Games Fest uh, period. Yes. Because people were like, Laura, have you seen the you, trains? You like, you like survivors, survivors and, and trains. trains. And I was like, yes, I do. And granted, that has been enough for me to freely yeah. enjoy this demo. Um I can't remember what my point was. Uh, it's not easier <laughs> the Steam page. Oh, yeah. So the Steam page was, um, yeah. So I, I was like, well, I'll, I'll have a go at this as well. I too like survivors and yeah. trains. And, um, like, I recognize the name of this publisher and mm. this developer because it's the same thing. Clicked on it. It's like, oh, I bought a Unity game design course on Steam ah. from these people maybe a decade ago. Yeah. That's that's how I know about the the weird pills that are first person characters in Unity. Ah. But um, yeah. So I would have I, thought someone with that kind of pedigree maybe could have done a bit more I, with it. But I'm I'm hoping maybe they will. I'm hoping it has some legs. If you know, or at least wheels. <laughs> <laughs> I will enjoy this even if on paper there are better value for money choices in the survivor space. If you if you've played Vampire Survivors and are looking for something that's got a lot of content in it for for your money, Bone Razor Minions is good. Uh-huh. Um, on that note, should we very quickly mention? I think we both played. There was an update to Vampire Survivors. Yes, I've played now the, through this yeah. on mobile and on PC. Yes, there was a free update. It's not a particularly big free update, but there was a new stage and a new. Got some mi- interesting stuff. Yeah, there was a new stage with like an interesting little gimmick to it. And some little things to unlock that that unlock some stuff for you in the uh, elsewhere in the playthrough. Yes. And a new mechanic that you can unlock for general use in the game. Yes. And I think that's the most interesting part of it, maybe, is that it gives you something that can be used to add variety to the rest of the game mm-hmm. in a way that, like, yeah, I'm probably going to make use of, and it's probably going to vary my experience a bit. Yeah. This is nice. Yeah. Um, I have... 
taken that mechanic and tried it, uh, like, done one run yeah. with that in in other places. And it, it seems like a nice idea. It's certainly in the first 20 minutes, which can be a bit rote once you're yes. kind of yeah. kind of got the hang of, of Vampire Survivors. It's nice that that is, like, a, a bit of variety and an interesting way of doing that. The other new thing in this update is the easy reset your save thing. Yes, and yes. as someone who has gone through the difficulty of doing that what, three times on PC and twice on mobile? Yes, having to go through and find, like, on PC, okay, where is the save and where is the backup of the save and yep. then where is Steam's file that is part of the save and yep. just being able to hit a button and it actually deletes your save properly mm -hmm. is like, oh... Beautiful. That's a good thing. One thing I will be curious about is where this fits in in unlocks, sort of in actual yes. playthrough, as opposed to I've already got everything unlocked. Yes, because I would be if if I could unlock that new mechanic kind of earlier on in a replay, that mm. would be really interesting. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, I I'm really glad that that game not only keeps getting updates, but that it keeps getting little free updates alongside. Yeah. Occasionally, here's like a 99p paid DLC. Yeah, like for the base game, there is a huge amount of content in there, yeah. and that for a new player would keep them going for a decently long time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I think I think that's a great thing. I am excited to see what more happens with that. I need to have a little bit of a dive on the. Uh, new special unlocks that are for yes. some of the characters that I usually don't use because I, they're not usually very interesting. I need to do the same as well. But um, yeah, it's it's it's. I'm curious to see what what goes on with that. Indeed. What uh, about you? What have you played? Uh, what, have I, what have I played that I can talk about quickly? Oh. Um, I've not played a huge amount of this, but I've been meaning to play it for a while because it seemed really interesting. I've started playing a game called Cassette Beasts. So this, this is a not Pokemon. Yeah, so this is a not Pokemon. Uh, it's on Switch, it's on PC, it's on consoles. Uh, the Switch version occasionally... Um, if you're ever playing a game in an emulator and it needs a second to like put the, put, to, to put the shader cache together, the Switch version almost seems like it's having that problem occasionally. Oh. And it's not a, like, a big problem, but occasionally just... Be, be aware of that, the Switch version. But... Uh, the this game is very much like Pokemon, with the gimmick being that you are capturing creatures onto cassette tapes. Um, and the capture mechanic is really interesting because basically uh, the kind of cassette tape you use will have like a base catch rate. Um, but you... Uh, mm, I'm sure... Okay, I've got to work out what order to talk about all this in. Okay. Um, when you are in battles, you transform into essentially your Pokemon. Mm -hmm. When you're trying to catch a, new, uh, catch a Pokemon, you transform back into a human, and you as a human have a separate health bar. Uh, so you are vulnerable as a human while trying to do catching, which is interesting in and of itself. Uh, in terms of things that affect catch rate, the kind of cassette you've used, the health of the creature, but also uh, during that whole round of combat, every time uh, you deal damage to the creature you're trying to catch, your catch rate goes up, and any time they damage you, the human, catch rate goes down. So there's this really interesting dynamic around how you influence catch rates on creatures, which is really fun. Um, there is also a fusion mechanic, which is really interesting. Like, most of your combat is two-on-two -two battles, uh, or at least two Pokémon on your side, because you'll have an NPC with you, and you can swap out which NPCs with you. 
And if you've built up your little friendship meter, you can fuse your Pokemon and theirs to make a sort of fusion one for a battle. Okay. And that has really, like, really interesting implications. You have access to basically the combined stats of both, uh, and, like, the, the move pool of both in one creature. Um, rather than having, like, Pokemon where you have a set number of uses of each move, you have, like, a certain number of action points given to you at the start of each turn, and better moves cost more action points... So you so might use PP. Yeah, so you might want to use weaker moves to like build up, you know, some some stockpile for a few turns to then do a big move. Uh-huh. Uh that kind of system. Uh in terms of like the narrative, uh this game is full of a ridiculous number of side quests and uh like an almost overwhelming number of side quests. Um once you get through its sort of opening section, um there seems like there is a lot to do in this game other than the main singular narrative. And if you want to get, like, really in the weeds on this game, you really can, and that's interesting. Um, I need to get my head around the type matchups in this, because much like Pokemon, this has type matchups, but it has its own types. And as such, I'm having to start learning, like, a plastic is a type, and I have to work out what plastic is good against or weak against. Um, or, um, like, ra- ra- radioactive, I think, or, or something like that, like radiation type. What is okay. a radiation type useful against? I so don't know. So this is the type matchups, uh, my matchups from Pokemon Uranium. It's, it's, ki- it's kind of got that vibe <laughs> in some places where I'm having to work out, like, a, a sound type or whatever. What is a sound type good against? Um, which is always a learning Acoustic curve. baffling type. Yeah. Uh, the, the plot, as I, as I currently understand it, there is an island that sometimes people just wash up on it and they don't know how they got there. Um, but they're like, hey, don't worry about it. This happens sometimes. We've got housing. We've got like a free housing because like, you know, we look after each other and we try and take care of each other here. Uh, the Team Rocket equivalent of the island uh, that I have recently met are just, they're just estate agents. Oh no. This is a, this is a world in which people have made, like, you know, taking the time to build free accommodation because they recognize, like, people wash up here, uh, and can't seem to leave. So, like, the best thing we can do is make sure they have a place to live. And these estate agents who washed up are like, oh, we're going to make a housing market here. And, and br-. this is an island where there is no money. Like, money is not a concept here, but they're like, oh, we're going to bring money back as a concept and oh, make no. you buy your homes. Hell. Um, that's so far the biggest bad I have seen is just estate agents. And that's great. Um, it's got a fun sense of humor. The music's really nice. I'm really digging it so far. I need more time to to properly sink my teeth into it. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you played? Oh gosh, good question. Um, we played some Caverna. Oh, we we, we did. dug uh, Caverna out for the first time in oh, probably over a year again. Yeah. We, we're going through some of the classics. Which which I one's think. Caverna? To, uh, Caverna quick is uh, the uh, Caverna is the follow up to uh, is it Uwe Rosenberg? It is, in fact, Uwe Rosenberg, uh, who made Agricola, which is like an ancient board game that's very complicated and people really like it. And it comes with like a small forest's worth of wooden pieces. And it's, uh, Caverna is basically the follow up to that. It's like, what if this big, chunky, heavy Euro game for up to seven players was even chunkier and heavier and more complicated and now involved Dwarves who live in the side of a mountain, and they do some some farming on one side, and they do some digging for rubies and ore within the mountain. And throughout the game, you have to um, you you will basically lose points at the end for not having 
developed this whole your whole little section of a forest and your whole section of cave and then you'll have opportunities to get more doors because you start with just two and you can eventually get up to five or six if you get a, a special building but you've got to have like a dwelling place before you can have a baby because that baby's going to need somewhere to live and then you've got to grow food and make sure there's enough food for everyone and then also you've got to deal with the fact that you have an opponent and you do kind of need to score more than them and how do you do that? Do you, do you, do you focus more on, on going on cool adventures and forging weapons for yourself and, and getting better bonuses out of that or on having just the best farm with the most sheep and donkeys and cows and dogs and wild boars that you can get and there, there are a huge um, number of different systems in this and a lot of different ways to get involved in it and then there's something like 60-odd different uh, types of building you can put down. It is a very intricate how... 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 Uh, how much of a point-scoring empire can you make in a cave while making enough food and animals to keep that alive, but also have, like, a thriving farm industry for also points? Yes. And try and do some combination of all of those in a limited number of turns. Yes, because in two-player it's only 11 turns. Yes. Um, usually uh, in, yeah, in, in higher than two-player, and as I say, it goes up to seven, so there is a lot of components we will probably never get around to using, because our flat is just not big enough to... <laughs> Fit seven people, um, especially not with this much board game. Yeah, it it is a short enough game that I'm always left at the end being like, oh, I wish I had like one more <laughs> round to finish doing this. Oh yeah, but also like there's 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 so much to do. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's it's very complicated. It was another one of those we needed the Saturday playthrough just to remember how the frick to play it. <laughs> and then we still played it wrong, but because apparently two separate YouTube videos uh, instructed it incorrectly, uh, so I sat down and read the very complicated and not very dyslexia or, or ADHD friendly instructions, and finally got to the bottom of it. Um, we played two games together, really yep. enjoyed that. Uh, we b have both in both games scored considerably higher than we have ever done before, and uh, I also played like three games solo because people kept telling me that it's an engine building game, and I'm like, yes, but it's very complicated, and I have not yet worked out what my engine should be or how I even start. Wow, so many things. So, so solo play helped a bit. Solo is interesting. But also, I think it's only going to have a limited amount of time. Because it's like, hey, do it solo. Here is a particular setup. It doesn't ever change. So this is potentially a very solvable game. <laughs> Try and get over 100 points. Um, so yeah, I'm still working on that. My highest so far is 97 points. So I'm getting there. I am nearly there. But none of these tactics will help in multiplayer. Because as soon as there is somebody else on the board and more of the um, spaces are opened up. It's just not the same game, even slightly. Yes, as soon as someone can go on a square, meaning you can't go there this round, the the game shifts. Yes, dramatically. And, and I think that is really interesting and good, but it also means that you have a game you can play and not worry too much about going, ah, oh, yeah, I played this solo and I got so good that now I'm just unbeatable. 
which is nice. Uh, yeah. Good, complicated, chunky game. Mm-hmm. And, and I love all the little animals. Uh, what else have uh, you played? I've been playing a bunch of game demos because E3 slash Summer Games Fest, etc. has been going on. Uh, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but I'm going to talk about some of them real quick. Uh, Ollie Frog, Toad Skater, oh. um, is everything I hoped Skatebird would be. Oh. I, I hate to put it that way. It's the only way I know <laughs> how to describe it. Uh, Skatebird was an indie game about like, hey, be a cute little bird on a skateboard. I just really didn't gel with it. It did not feel good to play. As someone that's n- like not amazing at skateboarding games, it just felt like it was punishing me every two seconds. This is a game about a little round little frog on a skateboard, and it is infinitely friendlier to me as someone who is kind of a casual arcade skateboarding person that's like, I don't want you to tell me I'm bad, I want you to make me feel good <laughs> while a frog is there. Yep. And this does a better job of that. Nice. Uh, there's a demo for it. I, I skate around and I am a cute frog. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I played a demo for a game called Station to Station. Yeah. Uh, which is a game about connecting train stations together to connect various buildings that are producing different resources. Um, but building the train tracks costs a certain amount of resource and then when you finish connecting the things up so they can build their, like, thing that they can produce the thing they're trying to produce, you get some money back and you're trying to create a network of train tracks that will get all the materials where they need to be without running out of money in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you'll have access to little cards that you can choose when to use that will do things like um, half the price of the next uh, train path you make or half the price of the next uh, bridge you make and it's sort of a game of working out like when is the right time to use those like is this a long enough trains uh train stretch that it's worth me using my like half the price of it one on this one to keep extra money in my pocket mm-hmm. to just make like it's kind of got the feel of one of those factory create like connect all the assembly lines up kind of games yeah but instead of infinitely making this more and more complicated thing it's just we're going to drop you into an environment here is where the milk is produced. Here's where needs the milk. Um, connect them up. We'll drop a couple more buildings. That's producing something that maybe needs to go over there now. And you just little by little do it until it's like, yeah, you successfully made that network of things. Uh, it's pretty satisfying. Uh, I start playing the demo for Lies of P. In w- in this case, this is the Pinocchio Dark Souls. Yeah, this Lies of P. P stands for Pinocchio. This is kind of. I, I've been calling it Pinocchio Dark Souls, but having played it, I, th- I feel like it's more Pinocchio Bloodborne. Um, y- you are Pinocchio, I, I guess. Uh, you have a robotic metal arm, and you are basically, you've been dropped into Bloodborne. The demo gives me no real context for, other than Geppetto created you, now go off and not get murdered by giant mechanical British police officers. That sounds um, like the original story, yeah. Right. Um, it is an, it is a, it's a pretty damn well-made, um, Souls game, uh, from what I've played so far. It is, it, it feels very satisfying to move around in, your dodge is very satisfying. Um, one of the things I find most interesting about this that differs it from, like, Dark Souls is it's got the mechanic of if you die, you drop souls and have to go back and pick them up. Except you don't drop all of your souls upon death. You drop... I, I think in my experience, like, off the top of my head, I think it was about a third of my souls I dropped. Okay. So what you can do is go, 
Oops, I overextended. I did my run too long. I dropped like a third of my souls. I'm back at a bonfire. I, I can go and spend them. I can spend the two thirds I've still got, or as many of them as like you know will fit into like a level or something. Right. So I can spend a good chunk of them before I make the attempt to go re- re- retrieve my souls. Okay. And if I don't successfully retrieve them, it's it's not like I lost all of them making the mad dash to try and get them back. Okay, that feels like a nice compromise for yeah. feeling like you can make progress while also having like the difficult combat and stuff. Yeah, and and like. That that one third like happens again and again. So like even if you like didn't go cash those souls in, again, if you fail to get those souls back, you lose like another third of your your souls, but it's again like third of whatever you're currently. Yeah, has. a third of what you currently have. Yeah. So like the amount you are the amount of souls you lose gets less each time. And it's like, okay, that feels a little less punishing and a little more forgiving, and I kinda like that. Oh, and you can um, always just give up on them and just do some farming. Yeah. It I've not played enough of it to know, like, big picture how I'm going to feel about it, but it feels like one of the more competent Souls clones that I have played. Um, It's a lot less janky than, like, you know, I I think about stuff like The Surge, which is Focus Home Interactive's one. Like, this feels like it's going to be one of the better received not Dark Souls's. So, yeah, I'm I'm kind of digging it. Uh, Nearly done with demos. Uh, I'll, I'll get to one more in a Second, but I did play a demo for a game called Venba, uh, which I've been waiting for that game to come out. And I think it comes out in, the, I think, in the next month or so. It is a game about cooking. Uh, it's got a lovely cartoonish art style. Um, it is about a couple from India who'd moved to Canada, um, and are like at the start of the game and at the start of the demo considering maybe having to move back to India and then they find out they're pregnant and they're like, oh, we're going to try and make, make it work and stay in Canada. Uh, but it's about trying to, uh, this this woman uh, trying to stay in touch with her roots from the, you know, the rest of her family who grew up in India via the medium of food. Uh, you have a cookbook that was your mum's that is a little bit torn up, a little bit smudged, uh, you can't quite make out all the, all the words everywhere. Um... But, like, experimenting and working out how to make food from home, uh, you know, as a as a point of connection mm. with culture. Uh, and it seems like the game itself is probably going to be about, like, doing that, but also sort of passing that on to your child as they grow up. Yeah. Uh, through the medium of, like, little cooking minigames. Yeah. Um, and it's really sweet. Uh, the music is, is lovely. The characters are beautifully written. Um... The art is gorgeous. Uh, the the demo involved like trying to put this recipe together. Where uh, what the thing that wasn't entirely clear in the recipe book, and this is like it's a pretty short demo. I don't feel bad saying this was like you've got this uh, like particular steaming thing uh, that the character has never used before, and you have to work out that the reason that that, that it says something about you needing uh, a towel is that you've got to put a towel on the steaming thing so that the mix won't just fall fall through the holes, but the steam can still come up through the towel Uh. um, to go through these dents. You've got to work out how to, like, rotate the uh, the layers of this steaming thing so the steam gets all the way to the top, and then you make these little little dumpling things. Uh And um, I won't talk too much else about how the story of the little demo goes, because it's adorable, but... Everything I played in that demo made me very confident that I really want to play this game when it comes out. It seems very I feel sweet. like I saw a trailer for this either a while back, maybe in like a Nintendo Direct. I believe or if so. this was like one that was way at the beginning of 
this recent batch so, of game adverts? Um, it's it's shown up a couple of times during this year's Summer Games Fest. It also, I think, has shown up in a Nintendo Direct yeah. and also previous years Summer oh, okay. Games Fest. I was going to say, I feel like I, I heard about this like longer ago it's, than... It's been a couple of years it's yeah. been floating around, but it's I think it's end of this month or end of next month it's finally coming well, out. And that demo like really... Sold me on it. What's it called again? Uh, Venba. V-E-N-B-A. Oh. Uh, what about you? What else have you played? I played a demo. I played yeah. a demo called... Uh, for, for uh, I wouldn't really call it a game. I'd call it a toy. Yes. Uh, called Gordlets. Yes. And this was one that weirdly didn't show up on Summer Games Fest. It was one I spotted on TikTok. Of this Fun- person being like, hey, I created the thing. Funnily enough, after you played it, it did show up at Summer Games Fest just <laughs> later on. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, like I say, it's it's more of, of a toy of... You have these little tiny creatures who are, will just turn up on a train mm-hmm. and you have to build a landmass for them and you can put little houses down for them and you can go inside the houses if you want and you can furnish those houses with things like... Um, you can t- basically turn them into little shops. You can have art on the walls. You can have little chess tables for people to play games at. Um, you can have like a little cash register and like cakes and, and things and make it look like a little coffee shop and like mm. uh, coffee machines. And at no point is there like, there's no goals. There's no, there's nothing, um, like ha- hassling you along. It's just like you just make a little world and the gordlets will keep turning up. And they will just interact with your stuff. Hmm. And at any point you can go, I want it to be nighttime now. So just click the little nighttime button and now like all your little lights will light up and all the little house lights will light up. So you can have things like, um, I've got fairy lights along the side of, uh, one of my piers and gordlets will just come along and like fish off the side of a pier. Um, like if you build a little campfire, sometimes they'll come and sit by the campfire and roast marshmallows. And uh, it's adorable, but um, they do say that, or, or they said in the, in the, this TikTok that I watched that uh, they reckon that the the demo will probably take you about two hours to see everything. I did feel like I'd seen everything in about fifteen minutes, but I did have a good time making quite adorable things. I just wish the music was a little bit less repetitive. Yeah, it is a very short loop um, for something that they want you to spend like a long time doing stuff, um, which is a shame because I think it's a very cute world and one of those nice, like, I just want to have a little bit of relaxed things and I am curious where that creator gets with uh, a, a finished product. It looks like there is, is more stuff, but it's hard to tell from the demo yeah. if there's stuff gated or there's stuff just not there at all. But uh, yeah, it, it is quite interesting looking. Have you got anything else, Dan? Um, I've, I've probably played a couple of other things, but I'm... I'm... Uh, the only other thing I, I, I really played is I played through the demo for Final Fantasy 16 because everything that has been going on around that game has been very iffy around its attitude to accessibility, uh, and I wanted to have a look at it now that like the first two hours of that game are playable. Mm-hmm. Um, there is some stuff in that game that is accessibility features in a traditional menu, and it's not under a dedicated accessibility tag, but when the game's telling you, like, settings exist, it does use the word accessibility. Um, you know, you've got options for, like, subtitles with speaker name tags and subtitles for things that aren't dialogue, and those are all really good to see. But 
I maintain what I said after I read the previews of that game, which is that Final Fantasy XVI considers motor accessibility or cognitive accessibility with regards to reaction speed and ability to quickly iterate on button presses. Something to you not, just get good. Yeah, to be something you just get good with. And it's kind of all the more frustrating seeing the game acknowledge that accessibility is a thing that can be assisted with settings and have settings to assist with accessibility for certain kinds of disabilities in their settings menu, but to have motor slash cognitive accessibility entirely relegated to rings you have to equip to your character and you don't get to equip other stat-affecting rings if you equip them. And you know what's all the more frustrating? Those uh, uh, gameplay assist rings are really fucking fun. They're really nice. The game feels good to play with them equipped. I would like to play the game with them equipped if I was going to play it. Um, Like, having the ability to just like, hey, an attack's coming and you haven't haven't done the dodge button in time, here is just an on-screen little circle for a second to go, hey, 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 hit the button, uh, to give you just a little extra second to respond to it. That that feels satisfying. The... Uh, the ability to swap um, combos to just an auto combo on one button surprisingly works well. Does not feel as button mashy as you would expect it to. Like those assist features are really nice, and it really sucks that they are things the game wants you to get over needing. Mm. Um, that's a shame. Um, I I played I played through the first two hours of the demo. <sighs> It feels like a game that would be exactly my vibe, and I'm annoyed that Naoki Yoshida has put his foot in his mouth so many times that I don't know about playing it. Because, like, it's nailing nonsense over-the-top anime gods battling each other nonsense in the way that I like. But I'm just playing through it being like, I can't stop thinking about about that man's comments. And looking around the world going, there's sure a lot of white people and I sure have heard some, some statements from a man about why that is, huh? Like, I can't take his his statements out of my head. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. Which is the correct thing to do. <laughs> it's... It is what it is. Um, I might at some point make a, make a video about the accessibility stuff in that game as it approaches launch, but we'll see. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Uh, well, well, in, in this last fortnight, right? Well, yes, um, yes. Yeah, I, I, I had a bit of a retro dive after Tears of the Kingdom. So, two things I played almost constantly on my DS, uh, back in the day were Puzzle Quest. That mm. has a remaster. Um, or, or Puzzle Quest Returns, I think it's called. It's available on Switch. It's not very expensive. It is basically the original game plus 100 extra missions. And some extra stuff. It's it's more Puzzle Quest. The main problem is that it is prone to crashing and slowdown if you've been playing it for more than an hour or so. Mm. And that feels really shit for a game that's like, what, nearly two decades old. Yeah. Come on! Okay, it's got slightly whizzier graphics, but they're not that much whizzier. It's just the circles are circles as opposed to being a bit more pixely as they might be if you were using the original version. But come the fuck on! Also, a uh, Switch is not nearly as light and manageable as a as a DSi when you are trying to just hold it for long periods of time and do touchscreen movement. Hmm. It's not comfortable um, trying to hold it one-handed and, and, like, swipe. 
so I guess that is an intrinsic problem. The other problem game I played a ton was 42 All-Time Classics. Yeah. They made a kind of spiritual sequel to that called, I think, 51 Worldwide Games. Yeah. How- Something along that line. Another big collection of games. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Weirdly, it's got this whole thing of we're going to have all these people on a, on a globe and they're but they're not like people people they're like the little scale model people you get on train sets and okay. uh, they they're going to tell you about games they like to play and they're going to tell you if a game is maybe portable or the kind of game that you can play with a group of people or that has like easy rules or is sort of dexterity based and occasionally, as you play games, you will earn XP and more people will turn up in the globe. And they will pick a selection of games and they'll tell you about those games a little bit. Mm. And as you play the games, you might get some little facts about the the games. Mm. And it's unnecessary and almost entirely ignorable after the first half an hour. Mm. Weird, weirdly, it's more irritating trying to work how, work out how to get to the games in the very first instance. Yeah. And not only that, every time you go into a game, it's like, hey, we're going to do a little skit about the little scale model people playing games. Mm-hmm. And it, that isn't always necessarily even an instruction on how to play the game. Sometimes it's just like a, ho, 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 this is the game. <laughs> just a thing in between you and playing the game. Yeah. And then you might have to go into the rules and, like, the, the how to play section and still learn how to fucking play. Mm. Um, that is more egregious in some of the more convoluted uh, card games, things like President, uh, a game I still don't understand even after watching the skit and the rules. It seems very complicated and requires a certain amount of hold-this-in-your-head information about how the rules work that I just don't have for a game that just doesn't look that interesting. But it's got... Mm. A bunch of stuff that seems a bit weird, like a an unbranded version of Uno. Yeah. That's kind of fun to play, because I like Uno, <laughs> yeah. but I, it's not a game I would ever play, or suggest playing to people who wanted to play a tabletop game, because <laughs> uh, we have much better options. But it's fine. Uh, the bowling's quite good. Quite enjoyed yeah. playing the bowling. Um... If you get... If you try and bowl too fast, it'll be like, oh, don't waggle the Joy-Con too hard. <laughs> I'm just bowling, calm the fuck down. The fact that he wants to use the right bumper rather than the right trigger as you'll hold this down and then let go. Yeah. Why not give me the bigger button? I already <laughs> have giant hands and a tiny little Joy-Con. Um, yeah, like as much as I love the Switch, the Joy-Cons are tiny for anyone who has more than child hands. And I get it, but also like even with clamshells around them to make them a bit bigger and more manageable. They're just not mm. comfortable to do certain things with always. Um, it's fine. The The bowling's good. The billiards is fun. Uh, the chess is decently difficult. Um, I enjoyed a lot more of the dexterity games. Things I would never play at home yeah. because I'm a dumbass and will fire that into non-existence, never to be found again, we will have to move out before I would find that part. Which is why we don't own many dexterity games. Yeah. Um, 
or I'll break someone's nose. Does happen many, many years ago with crossbows and catapults. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, let's not, let's not get involved in that. But it was nice to play like some of those and some of those type games which I'd never heard of before. It was nice to learn a bit about those. Those were the ones I appreciated like a little bit of information about. Uh, but then you've got things like match pairs, yeah. which is fine. Yeah. It feels like match pairs is really more of a solo game. Yeah. I have always played that as like a, a solo game. When you're playing it competitively against a computer, it doesn't feel fair when one of these people, me, has ADHD. Yeah. Because <laughs> it goes from, oh, yeah, I think I can remember that. Oh, okay, I'm going to... Now, where was it? Was it in that spot or that spot? And the computer's like, no, I've seen one of everything now. Bye. And just like runs off with all but t- the two cards I managed to get early on. And it's like, mm, this is not fun. For no. for my particular disability, no, I can't, maybe for others. But... I can't imagine I'd find it fun. No, um, it's fine, I guess. Uh, it definitely doesn't feel like it's got the same charm as the original one. Um, that's not the worst thing. I am apparently completely unstoppable at Mancala, a game I only recently learned because your mum got us a, a Mancala oh, board. Yes. Um, yeah, like within like the first three plays, it's like okay, I played this on normal. Hard, advanced, impossible, cool. Apparently I kick ass at Mancala, cool. <laughs> sure. Um, that's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, it does, definitely doesn't have the charm of, uh, of the old DS one, but, uh, I broke my DS and I was gonna give it away to someone anyway, so it doesn't matter. And mm. uh, another thing I played was Ring Fit. I started playing yeah. Ring Fit. I am confused. I haven't played it all the way to the end yet, because yeah. I haven't had that much time to be fit, because I've been fucking ill. But, um, firstly, we, we have neighbours, so I couldn't do the running at the time of day that I was playing this. Uh, so I did, like, mini squats, yeah. is the, the quiet option for that game. Yeah. And my goodness, my thighs were not happy the next day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that game is, uh, is a little bit punishing. The thing I'm specifically confused about is for all the, the, Weird horniness we had for the uh, Wii Fit trainers. <laughs> yes. Why is nobody talking about the oh. big purple dragon? Oh, no, no, no. Because no. I've seen no, no, no mention no. of the big purple Trust dragon. Trust me, at the time when that game launched, there was some <laughs> horniness for that dragon. <laughs> the swole dragon? Yeah, that that, that real buff dragon yeah. whose entire existence is to be like, I'm big and buff. Come fuck me up when you're strong enough. It's like, oh, well, I'll come get you. <laughs> <laughs> Step on me, swole blue, uh, swole purple oh, that, daddy. That that is quite the dragon, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> I immediately thought. I imagine there is some some fan art of this dragon. Oh yeah, no, there is. There is like a whole segment of the queer community that went like hard for that dragon. <laughs> Literally and metaphorically, I'm sure. Um, okay, well, I'm I'm glad I wasn't wrong. I'm looking at that dragon and you're going, I bet, I bet somebody. Yeah. Um, apart from that, I I. I couldn't help tittering every time I was told to squeeze my ring or stretch my ring. Uh, but yeah, it's... I would be curious to know exactly how much of that is to do with the fucking... the ring fit is accessory itself, and how much of that is just tilt control. Because I don't... I honestly don't know how that all works. I am curious from a technological technological point of view. Uh, apparently you can squeeze that ring a lot harder than I initially thought. Yeah, you don't have to be too too gentle with it. There, there were a few times I was like, mm, I'm a bit worried about 
injuring this thing. Apparently, you can fairly go for it. I mean, I'm not super yeah. strong, but like. Also, out of curiosity, I did a quick Google search. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. thirst trap image. There's a lot of thirst trap images of. Oh, of, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yep, that's okay. There's, yep. there's, there's a lot of love for that dragon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah, so I played that. <laughs> Have you played anything else? Uh, I think that's it really for me. Uh, I can talk about other things in future weeks. I've talked about enough games for now. I mean, we've been going, I think, just over an hour. Well, and we have talked about just things we played. Yeah, yeah. But we've the... got a thing we've watched that's going to take us a while to talk about, I suspect. Yeah, I suspect so. Uh, so, Ellen, <gasps> Time for this. Do you have a home? Yes. Do you find that it gets dirty and dusty and needs washing and cleaning and such? Unfortunately, yes. Would you like to not have to worry about any of that? Hell yeah. Well, just forget about it. At Out of Sight Homes. Out of Sight Homes, the dirt just disappears as soon as you forget about it. Out of sight, out of mind, out of existence. Lots of housework to do, painting that needs doing, tidying up, have you got maybe cracks in the walls or dirty furniture? Is there a stain? Just forget about it. And it's gone. Wait, what's gone? Oh, I see what you did there. But look how clean my house is. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jane, Jane, Jane. Ooh. I was, I was, I was watching, I was watching the, I was watching the news earlier. I found out about um world premiere. Uh, there's some, some, some news about um. There's a, there's a new road being built nearby. Uh, oh, which new road. Make it a little yeah. easier to get to get yeah. to work in the mornings, you know. Yeah, I uh, take it they've not built. Was that through the, uh, the through the wasteland? Uh, no, no, sort of going around, uh, well, oh wait, sorry, world premieres, alright, I, I, I double checked and, yeah, it is going through the wasteland. Oh, it is, okay. Yeah, this world is... premiere, We're, uh, yeah. I mean, this is a bombastic way of telling me, um, I mean, may, maybe more day-to-day news should be bombastic, you know? Yeah, uh, also, I got, I got, um, you know, I, I, I got some, some paper, so, so, uh, one of the bills through in the post today, uh, yeah. so I'll, I'll put that up on the, the world premiere! Uh, the information we got from that up on the, up on the board. Oh. Um, gas and electric prices have not gone up as much as I feared. Yeah, world premiere! Yeah. Um, would you like a sandwich? <gasps> yeah, it's, it's, um, just something new I'm trying. It's got, like, not turkey and not ham and like some some this cool pickle stuff I made myself. It is the first time oh, I'm trying it though. That that makes it a world premiere. Sure, I'll try some. That sounds lovely. Okay, well I'm gonna go get started on that with this new pack of world <laughs> premiere butter. I think I've watched too many game showcases this week. Ah, it's fine. World premiere. Solara. Yes. What if we were? What if? What if? What went in? I do. What in? I do. Oh, what in the eyes? In the eyes. Well, what, what you watch? One main thing, really. Yeah. It's that Spider Man in it. Yeah, we watched uh, Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, and then we. Uh, oh, sorry, we watched Across the Spider Verse, which is and the then new we watched one. Into the Spider Verse, and yeah. then we watched Across the Spider Verse again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we watched Across the Spider Verse, which is. Uh, the the new Miles Morales animated Spider Verse movie went to, went to the cinema and gave it a watch yeah. and my god that two and a half hours fucking flew by. If there had been another hour to of like 
I would have exploded because I needed to pee for like ninety minutes. That's towards fair. The end. I found a good. But I was point. like, I cannot. I found move. a good point, like fairly early to go pee. And um, then you peed so quickly. I was like, did wet wet? Did you just go and put something film, in a bin? This film is so gorgeous. I couldn't miss a second. I didn't trust myself. I was like, oh. nope, nope. If I'm seeing sepia sepia by the end of this, I don't care. I am but not moving. You know what I mean about like that film flew by in terms of pacing. Like it is such a yeah. snappy film. No it, wasted space. It, it tells a a, a a a very good story. <sighs> it doesn't fuck around. And it's constantly fascinating and stunningly beautiful. Yeah, um, it, you know what was really interesting? I said this uh, at the time after we watched it, and then we went back and rewatched the first film, Into the Spider-Verse, and I, I think I was correct in what I said. Across the Spider-Verse makes Into the Spider-Verse artistically look like a warm-up lap. <laughs> and, like... I don't say that to shit on Into the Spider-Verse. That is a fucking gorgeous film that, like, redefined oh. visually what you can do with animation. Yes. This film fucking took that ball and sprinted with it. Oh, yeah. And, um, and considering, like, I had heard things about, like, there was concerns about budgeting for the first one because it was costing so much because of the, all the different art styles and the, the way they were doing things. Yeah. I was, like... I mean, it's it's no spoiler, I think, because we've talked about the fact that it was in a trailer that this is a two-part. This is part one of, yes. of a multi-part. A thing that was mentioned in the first trailer, and I forgot about, so I didn't know that was coming when we went yes. to see it. And, and apparently so did several other yes. people in our theatre. I will say this, if you haven't seen it, first of all, go see it, it's great. It Second, that was my, my only complaint, was I have to wait an amount of time to see this continue. My concern was, <laughs> will they... Will they make enough money on this that they can justify the rest of it? Because ah, well, I need to know what happened. Uh, on opening night, it made twice its budget back, so um, I think Good. we're fine. Um, but yes, um, I really like what this film does in terms of like taking Miles's character and running forward with a lot of the themes that were sort of like subtly, like really subtly established in the first one, and going. This thing we didn't really stop and talk about, let's go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this does a really good job with um, introducing a lot of really fun characters that, um, in such a big ensemble cast, get their moments to like really shine. Mm-hmm. Um, without spoilers, I think we can say Spider-Punk is a character in this and fucking steals the show. He's amazing. Hell yeah. Fucking love him. Uh, this is maybe the least... Maybe the most I have ever enjoyed a London accent <laughs> in a film. It it it's not a it's not an irritating parody. It's just a South London, just a good South London accent. It's, it's great. I love it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. Um, my God, that this film really steps up the number of simultaneous art styles. It somehow makes not jarring to have next to each other. Yes, there. There, there are just a number of scenes where there are so many different art styles and you can tell that they are all different and that they're, they're all good in that way, but also manages to... I think I think we've talked about this a decent amount of privately, but I, th- I think I agree that it is probably something to do with the way they're lit. Yes. That makes them mesh together really well. I, like, without getting too specific, there is a shot... Where there is a live-action person and a character who is animated in three different frame rates, depending on which bit of them you're talking about, in a scene together and it doesn't look weird. Yeah. 
And that's fucking artistically impressive. Yep. Um, like, that is about as jarring a thing as you could do. Yeah. And it works. Um, You've got this beautiful, like, uh, like I'm not even sure what you call the shot, but the shot where it's basically, like, moving around people, and the background is just constantly shifting and changing as the yes. moods of the characters oh, changes. They, they do so much good stuff with abstract backgrounds in this. Yes. Backgrounds that are not literal representations of locations, but are used to convey other things about the narrative. Um... Every fucking frame in this is a is a work of art. Yes, I mean, um, well, I think we've been like in that cinema less than five minutes before I was like, I want to watch this intro like frame by frame because that yeah. that sequence at the beginning, it's not super complicated. It's not action heavy. It it's just something about the way like it, it's performed and uh, shot and. Little bits of different art styles, but also the consistency and the emotion that changes yeah. shapes of things and choice of colours. Also, like, just big picture, this is a really good story in terms of... I don't think it's it's a secret to say that there was a lot of pushback when Miles Morales as a character was first introduced in the comics, and there has continued to be a degree of... Uh, pushback from shitbags about uh, Peter, uh, non-Peter Parker spider people. Mm. Uh, particularly if they are not white and non-men. Mm. Um, and this film does some really interesting stuff with addressing and confronting that in a non-direct way that is really interesting. Uh, I love the antagonist or the... I love the artistically interesting antagonist. I think that makes it clear who I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just some of the choices about character design for that fascinated me uh, as someone who has, you know, done a decent amount of art in various styles over the years. The retroactive establishment of that character, I think, is perfect. Yes. For what they're trying to do with them. Yeah, and and, um, to sort of... uh, I'm not going to talk about it specifically. We we watched a two-hour dissection yesterday um, on uh, Jesse Jenner's uh, After Dark channel with a bunch of people talking about... Uh, the queerness in that we also get a, a lot of conversation about uh, the the blackness of that. Yeah, um, yeah. It is a fascinating talk. Go and watch that once you've watched the film. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what my point was going to be again. Yay ADHD. But uh, like, th- I think they made some very good points in that about. The way we look at things, about the way um, there is uh, degrees of entitlement, and the yeah. way people are given things and not given things, and how that can change you as a person, yeah. and then also how different characters react to what their what their their luck or not lack thereof gives them in life. Yes. Um. Gosh. It's so nice to watch a superhero film that ta- that spends this much of its runtime on character interactions, character building, um, stuff that isn't directly combat and action scenes, mm. and manages to still feel well paced and like it is moving. And there is a lot of like 
energy to it mm. without it constantly having to be fight scenes yes. all the time. Um, yeah, this film is a work of art, and I need to see that part too. Mm-hmm. I need to see how this ends because, goddamn, they got me hooked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real good. Um, and also then we came back and watched uh, Into the Spider Verse again, and it wasn't until watching that because. I, I think it was, what, like, three, four months since we last watched it? It's been a while, a little while, no, yeah. Not, 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 like, since since it was out in the cinema, but, like, it had been a while since yeah. we watched it. And I hadn't realised how many callbacks are in uh, Across the Spider-Verse until we watched Into again. It's like, yes. ah, hang on, yeah. Yes, and, th- and there's a lot of things that, like, are set up in Into the Spider-Verse that you would have no idea until Across the Spider-Verse and you look back and go... Yeah. That moment is so fucking interesting. Yes. Like, there's so many moments I want to pull apart from the first film. Yes. That, like, I don't know how deliberately they were placed there in the mm. first one, but they make them feel like they were deliberate plans. Yeah. Like, they pay them off superbly. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I, it's it's stunning, and I've been enjoying people's breakdowns of... Uh, ex- firstly, like, people just taking the time to explain who... All the different spider people oh, God, are. Oh, yeah. Um, like, there are characters, like, I hadn't known about. Partly, uh, it seems, because they only existed because of the previous Spider-Verse movie. Yes. Uh, Sun Spider, who was yeah. a, a spider-sona that someone made from, from the first film, who has uh, Ellis-Danis syndrome and uses uh, crutches to shoot webs, yeah. uh, got to be in the film, and I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. And 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 uh, I am interested to see. I, I hope uh, Sun Spider gets back for the next one. Um, I am curious about so many of of the different Spider People. Uh, some of them did just feel like, mm, hey, it's that very obscure Spider Person, and we might not see them again. Yeah, and um, I, I don't think we're going to get a huge amount of info on uh, the popsicle, the Spider-Man popsicles tragic backstory. Damn it! <laughs> uh, what about Peter Parked Car? Peter Parked Car, indeed, indeed. Uh, but yeah, like I am genuinely curious about uh, more of that. And apparently, we've only got to wait like six months. So yay, yay, yay! Um, yeah, yeah. God, I want to talk in depth about that at some point, but yeah. Oh, that's such a good film. It's such a good film. Such a good film. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else this week? I have watched a staggering amount of Strange Eons videos about the history history of Tumblr. Yes, because uh, you you never really were around Tumblr. It was no. never your pocket of the internet. No, partly because I've never been one for joining communities. The only community I ever tried to join was uh, a uh, Steph fan page many years ago that I ended up running for a little while and then uh, had to never deal with communities ever again thereafter, which is I why mean, I'm a bit skittish I, around most communities. I never used Tumblr as a community. I just watched from the sidelines. Um, but you, oh, And also, <laughs> I think, don't think it helped that I think Tumblr was at its height at a point when I didn't have a well enough paying job to afford internet. Yeah, yeah. And it was also like, it was very specifically targeting... A certain age group at a certain time. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's a few years between us that, like, put us at different yeah. touchstones of internet a yeah. little bit, but... Like, I, I've heard... Don't get me wrong, like, I have heard of a lot of this through, like, references, because I spend a lot of time on the internet. Yeah. And, like, other, like, YouTubers have, have talked about stuff before, but this is the first time I've had things like... 
at a complete reading of uh, Opa Homeless style, or just just generally those sort of fake Tumblr stories yeah. of deep dives. I was oppressed. Yeah. His, the down with cis bus. Yeah, um, uh, deep dives into the specific flavor of like very over the top internet that Tumblr was. Yes, it was a real mix of like unbelievable fake things, um, like weird weird niche meme cultures. Alongside, like, very, very try-hard communities all in this weird little soup. Yes, and, uh, like, one thing that has constantly seeped out into my life is, uh, the writings of Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way. Yes, which uh, you are now, uh, fully acquainted with the, with my immortal. Yes, because Strange, uh, Stranger Yons uh, did a two-hour, ten-minute reading of the entirety of my immortal, which is just... Worse than I ever could have suspected, and I think it helps that it was being read because I didn't have to deal with all the typos. Yes, it is, um... You you now understand the internet's fascination with, is this a sincere... Like, a genius work of sincere parody, or just something that someone somehow stumbled out. Yeah. It's... It's, I understand it's, why the internet has the fascination it does with it. It is fascinating and horrifying and sh- sure. I do still want to ride the down with this bus, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for anyone who's never heard of that one, this was a Tumblr post that did the rounds for a while about... Um, I am a Christian. I and am I, a, there, yeah. there was the, 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 a bus pulled up and they started beating up my friend and they were all wearing t-shirts that said down with sis oh and there was trans flags in the windows the down with sis bus came and attacked me for no reason just because I'm a Christian and then uh, it wasn't until they they didn't back off until I I got back up and started fighting them off and they were quite weak I was like oh jeez I would ride the down with sis bus I would yeah Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> um, um, let's not go assaulting people. No, no, I'm being silly. <laughs> I'm not going to go and beat up cis people. Wink. <laughs> Unless they pay me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I am. I am. I have a better grasp of many parts and aspects of Tumblr now, and I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Because I am constantly going, huh, also, hmm, also, why? Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. But yeah, there, there, there was all that. What about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, not really. It's mainly been Summer Games Fest slash E3, Same. which... Um, we watched the accessibility Summer Showcase. Uh, well, look, uh, what, look, as, as, as someone... Uh, I. What, what did you think of the accessibility summer show? As, as someone who who watched it a lot because I edited yeah. it, and, I four mean, times. I, I also watched it a lot because I subtitled that many times and and went through and watched all the individual clips. Yep. And you subtitled it. I hand timed those subtitles. Yeah, I transcribed it. Yeah, yeah. What did you What did you think of it? It was very good, and I think everyone who hasn't already gone gone and seen it should go see it. It's available with hard-coded subs on Twitch. It's available with optional subs on YouTube. It's available with BSL and ASL and audio-described versions. So there is a version for many people. Probably more versions of this than there are of any other aspect of Summer Games Fest. Ah, uh, 
the I think I think the thing that puts us at the top is that you can have subtitles at the same time as sign language, which I don't think was an option for any of them live in real time this year. Wowza! Yeah, we we just about we just about came up on top on that yeah. regard. Um, We're the best. <laughs> I put it together, so I have no opinion. But people have told me they really appreciated it and enjoyed it and found games they liked and/or felt very, very uh, included. And I'm glad that that is the opinion that seems to have come out of it. And lots of people have been roasting games journalism sites, going, <laughs> "It would have been lovely to know about this before it fucking happened." Yes, there were a lot of sites that have written very lovely things about it since. Um, there is. Without naming names, there is one site that called it a vital addition to uh, Summer Games <laughs> Fest, and then the first comment underneath it was, would have been great if you talked about it before it happened so that I could have known to watch it. And that did make me giggle. We'll yeah. see, maybe next year, people. Maybe next you know, year. Yeah. We'll pay attention to it next yeah. year. Um, but yeah, I've watched all of the Summer Games Festy things other than... Uh, Xbox. The things that are being on right now. Yes, yeah, so I didn't. For anyone that's listening later, didn't watch Xbox Extended, uh, which, as far as I know, it announced some new modes for the Hi-Fi Rush, which like oh. I am excited about that, and a sequel to the Justin Roiland High on Life, but Justin Roiland's not involved in the sequel. His name is conspicuously removed from that franchise. Oh. Um, Curious what they'll do without Justin Roiland voicing every fucking character. We'll see. I assume they can get um, any random goof in to do that. Yeah, just someone to do some silly voices. Um, uh, and I think uh, uh, Girls 4 Games, or da- sorry, Dames 4 Games and Black Voices in Gaming, which I haven't seen but I will go look at in post. We missed last week's uh, quips, couldn't skip a second week, so I didn't see those. But... Um, Summer Games Fest itself, um, much the same as most years, it was, it did not need as much of Keeley coming on stage as it had, but like, having seen the PC gaming show, I will never complain about <laughs> the amount of Keeley on stage during Summer Games Fest. It Absolutely. is a lot of unnecessary skits. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, okay, I'm gonna start by talking about the two with the, the, the ones that made me appreciate the others more, <laughs> which is, the PC gaming show, which, granted, is infinitely more watchable than it was like four years ago. They don't stop every ten minutes to do a ten minute long, excruciatingly lengthy, boring developer interview that doesn't really tell you anything and just talks in circles. All they do now is every, I'm going to say, three to four minutes they stop to do a painfully unfunny skit. Uh, but at least the skits are like maybe 30 to 40 seconds long. Which Steve isn't... Jobs is still relevant, right? Yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, I will try and summarize the the entire skit narrative of the PC gaming show here. Um, day nine was gonna get Ri- uh, um, uh, Richie, I think her name is, uh, the usual co-host of the show to co-host, but then AI's new, right? So she gets whisked away by German s- special agents in suits or something. Uh, oh, and then just appears as a floating. Yeah, head. he replaces her with a, fr- a Frank. A Frankie, Frankie's the name. Um, a floating Frankie AI head that they spend the whole show doing very unfunny jokes about AI. Um, three or four different times, the joke is we got AI to write the script. The the script wasn't very good because AI is not very good. Um, which is all the funnier because right in the middle of the showcase, they very sincerely showed off a game. Um, that is entirely. We will use AI to generate a story and generate gameplay. You can gameplay. be the king of Tatooine. Yeah, we. You can be the king of Tatooine. Don't tell Disney about it. <laughs> um, 
Bold move. <laughs> it's a bold move to have a game sincerely like trying to tell a story using AI while you're making repeated jokes about AI being bad at writing stories. Yeah. And then the conclusion is that Frankie comes back and unplugs the AI, and Day9 goes, Ah, oh, the the AI was so shit, it would have been better to have real real Frankie here this whole time. You were you would have been a much better co-host. To which I think then just have her as the co-host. You made the show. You wrote her AI replacement to be shitty. What you're telling us is you gave us two hours of a shitty co-host just so you could go, oh, we shouldn't have had a shitty co-host. Like, that's the punchline. Yep. Uh, so that's not good. No. Um, the problem was all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, Sorry. Uh, the other one I was going to mention quickly while I'm there was the Future Games show, which was... They made me appreciate the others in a different way, um, which was, it didn't have s- bad skits. It was just two hours of two voice actors from Final Fantasy continually making Final Pan- Fantasy puns that made it sound like they were about to show a Final Fantasy trailer, and then it wouldn't be a Final Fantasy trailer. And they kept doing this. At one point, they were like, speaking of Final Fantasy, Postmates has a, a special offer code right now that's nothing to do with Final Fantasy. They did eventually have a Final Fantasy co- uh, trailer, but it was two fucking hours of, of forcing the words Final Fantasy in as if it was a segue and then not doing anything with it. And that wasn't fun. Devolver, as you say, was fun though this year. Yeah, it, I wouldn't say it was like the best Devolver has ever been. Um, it was an interesting concept for a skit. I enjoyed that. Um, I think it was to their benefit that they didn't try and force it to be part of the ongoing continuity and let it be its own standalone thing somewhere. Well, I mean, didn't we end that last year with the whole weird office single shot thing that was really fascinating in the video cassette at the end of it? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I am glad we have not tried to keep that energy going because that was yeah wild I'm, I'm glad they let it be its own this be its own thing and i yeah. think that like of the two showcases this year that tried to make haha ai make games the the gimmick devolver did an infinitely better job oh yes like it was an in, it was a good enjoyable 7.5 out of 10 mm-hmm. I, I had a fun time watching yeah. well, i was less interested in most of the games sadly yeah but you know, I really, I really didn't mind. They were quick yeah. and to the point, and it was fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It, I think it was one of the very few showcases that I watched the whole of that I didn't go. Uh, is it over yet? In fact, yeah. I was like, oh, is that it? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. Gorilla Collective again had a bunch of had a bunch of cool trailers. Um. For a, for a showcase that was pre-recorded there sure was a some interesting pacing choices made um also if it's pre-recorded have subtitles right Grr. um a day of the devs as ever has like the most interesting games every year that i want to actually play um xbox's showcase it was good they really didn't do a good job of like setting expectations for pacing no because an hour in it's Sudden, like, there was no w- one more thing, or like, ah, oh, this is our last trailer before we go into the Starfield stuff. Like they, Starfield. Just, they just suddenly stopped and were like, okay, okay, and that trailer, and that trailer. Okay, now here's an hour of Starfield, and my god, they did not need to show an hour of Starfield. No, because they repeated themselves several times, and uh, then the people talking about it didn't sound enthused enough, no. even when they were talking about 
what could have been quite an interesting yes even the one woman who seemed like she had interesting ideas of things to do while playing starfield the i'm going to steal every sandwich in the galaxy and make spaceships that look like animals woman like even she sounded like bored as hell or convinced she would get in trouble for having fun ideas right um and and for all the things they talked about of like ooh fun ideas they showed here is a spaceship, here is a slightly longer version of that spaceship, rather than going, here's one of the animals that she was yeah, talking about. Why didn't you show us, like, I want to see her spaceship that looks like a duck or something. Right. Yeah, like, you know what I would have liked to see? 20 minutes of her flying around in her duck spaceship, stealing every sandwich in the galaxy. That might have been fun. That would have been fascinating. Like, they, they somehow made this the dullest thing possible. Yeah, also, who was it who did the whole thing about, um... Concerning office uh, or, or treatment of developers, and then made the devs be in the video. Oh, that was oh one of the games. I think it was about cycling. I don't remember specifics now. Yes. Yeah, because the guy um, walks into the office in all his cycling gear. Yes, he made a bad. He made he. Yeah, I don't remember what game this was. Um, but yes, it, it was during the PC gaming show because it was back to back with one of Day Nine's terrible skits. Yeah. Um. Uh, yes, and making a joke about like, oh, oh, terrible, terrible working conditions within companies, while all of the employees are sat there looking like they're just tired and want to go home. Yeah, and they make them do like the entire office do a mug to the camera, and it's yeah. like that feels pretty, pretty fucked up. Like, just it, given uh, the state of the industry, yeah, it feels it feels gross to be like, ha ha ha, punchline, and people get abused at work. Also, like, we're making all of our employees be in it. Yeah, enjoy. Uh, yeah. Um, Ubisoft happened. I talked about all of their abuse scandals for an hour while that conference happened. I will say, since then, and this is always the weird double sta- a double uh, double edged sword situation I have with Ubisoft is I think I did the right thing by talking for an hour about their bullshit during their conference. They have openly, like the day after their conference, talked pretty openly about accessibility stuff in some of their games, like seven, eight months before they're releasing, and I do respect the hell out of that. Um, it makes a fucking change. Yep. Uh, one thing I will note from Ubisoft that, like, again, Ubisoft executive team is, like, abusive to, as hell. The workers do not feel like things have changed. Um, you know, it is it is a shitty situation. I will credit the new Prince of Persia uh, has an option to take a screenshot at any time and just stick it somewhere on screen of your choice. So that, like, you know when you're trying to remember a thing, and I'm like, I need to be able to remember that thing I saw on the wall to put it, like, a yep. code in? I saw you, which of the statues had their hands up yeah, and which had their can, hands you down. You can take a screenshot and put it wherever you like on screen while you play, so it's just there for you to reference later. Nice. That's fucking amazing. Yep. Um. So, like, respect to Ubisoft for being the only... Conf- Ubisoft were the only developer other than uh, the Accessibility sh- Showcase to directly talk about accessibility months ahead of release for for titles. So I'll give them that, even if I will talk over all their trailers about abusive working conditions. It's that whole, uh, the worst person you know just made a good point. Right. And I I talk about this every time that, like, Ubisoft comes up, because, like... They do do good accessibility. They... I, I said this the other night when I was, like, talking about the conference. I would say they are probably in the top three developers out there. Like, they're... If we're ta- if we're talking about, like, AAA game developers that aren't also a console manufacturer, they're probably the best studio out there right now in terms yeah. of consistently doing impressive accessibility stuff. That's why about once like, a year we have an accessibility that's like, here's a bunch of Ubisoft games, they're awful, 
Yeah. These are the functions that are available. It's, it's, Do better yeah. other devs. It's a weird situation I'm in where I'm like, I feel like I should be talking about what they're doing because it's important to talk about and praise the stuff they're doing while not ignoring the unchanged working conditions that we should still talk about. Exactly. Um, Capcom had uh, Ghost Trick. That's what, that's what I remember from Capcom. They got Ghost Trick coming out. Give us Parasite Eve 3. Uh, there, there you go. That's that's Summer Games Fest. Done. Ta-da! Did you watch anything else this week? Um, I watched a two-hour-ish uh, H-Bomber Guy video about the game Pathologic. Yeah? And it made me realise, firstly, that that game is way more fascinating than I ever gave it credit yeah. for. But also, I am very glad that I watched a video of somebody explaining <laughs> it, rather than ever attempting to play it. It is a fascinating video game that I would have a miserable time playing. Yeah, I, I, like, I have seen people talking about Pathologic 2 recently a lot, and gone, that does look interesting, and I'm sure I've heard of that, maybe I need to go and play the original one, I don't know. And I've seen uh, Casey talking about how amazing it is, it, and recommending it. It is, it I is, don't want to fucking play it. It is a legitimate masterpiece that wants you to have a deliberately miserable time experiencing it. Yes. And wants to stand in your way and go, no, no, no. And it wants you to have to fight through that to have a to have an amazing world shattering time. Yes, I want an, another video like like that one explaining like what the beats of the story are for each of the characters, and then all of the secret endings, and then like a conclusion at the end of it. I do not want to play Pathologic Two because <laughs> it. it I know I won't have a good time with it, and I yeah. know I will have such a bad time with it that I won't get far enough to experience any of the majesty of, of the writing or anything else. Yeah. So is it would be completely lost on me. I... W- the thing I would say, if you like the idea of Pathologic but don't want to have a miserable time, Disco Elysium is, I think, the closest game that's come out to having that sort of experience and tone without being a physically miserable experience mechanically to play. Aww. Um... Yeah, is that everything we've watched this week? I think it might be. I think it might be. Well then, time for this. (gasps) Laura, Laura! Yes? Good news, we've got a new sponsor. Oh, tell tell me about our new sponsor. Well, is your body getting hugely distressed by the presence of harmless pollen in the air? Very much so. My eyes are running, my nose is sniffling. I've been sneezing until like three in the morning. Sometimes later. It's it's not been good. Exactly. I have had earplugs in my ears, you have had earplugs in your nose. I've been sneezing the earplugs out of my nose. Yep. They're not a sufficient plug. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Well, what if we could avoid that, you know, because I know your body thinks it's under attack, but don't worry. (sighs) It's fine at all. Not all that night is the cure for what ails you. Is this this is some kind of new hay fever medication? It's a new, chance? in fact, hay fever medication that works simply by telling your body's defensive systems it's fine in a soothing tone. Oh, I'm not under attack. Oh, that's good to know. Hey, it's fine. Oh, the pollen is not a nasty invader come to murder me. It's fine. Are you sure? Are you sure it's not here to stab me? It's fine. Is it definitely okay? It's fine. Okay. That's his fine at all. Dot lol dot net. Uh, enter the code Q and PS some numbers. I'm going to say 265. 
That's my guess this week. <laughs> and you could get a discount of your first 265 bottles of It's Fine at All, which will probably last you from here until the next millennium, because it's fine. It all. It's fine. It's all. It's all. It, it all. Fine. It's fine at all. If you want to just tell your buddy, chill the fuck out. Are you sure it's not out to get me? It's, it's fine. Okay. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, we've been buying a lot of studios recently. Yeah, we have. Like, we've been buying entire studios, entire franchises, like, you know, buying out every bit of competition we can. Yeah. You know, so that there's no one to compete with us. Yeah. And, you know, we can make all the games and make all the money. But, there might be a problem. Right. We bought all these studios. Right. Who employ workers. Right. And we kept buying studios to, like, buy out the competition. Yeah. And th- they came with workers. Right. But we, we have all the IP, though, right? Yeah, we have all the IP. Right. So we, we just, you know, we fire people. Well, I mean, look, that might be where we're at. We might have to start firing a lot of people very quickly and not actually making the games we bought. Right. So Fine. We, we might have to sit on a bit of a war chest of just, like, things we're not making. And also, maybe we might have to sell a few of them. We did overstretch the budget. I mean, can we not maybe just get more of that? Uh, you know that company that's trying to buy everyone? Like, you know, they used to do a lot in, like, oil and things, and now they're trying to look for more diversity. Uh, well, now that there see, might be that's, no that's fucking the, oil. That's the problem, is that we were kind we When we bought all those studios, we yeah, were kind yeah. of relying on some money from that one country that's throwing money at everyone right now. Right. And yeah, they said yeah. they were going to throw a load of money at us, and we were like, okay, let's just preemptively spend that on a bunch of IP. Yeah. Dows me and mummy, daddy. Yeah, and then... <laughs> Dows me and money, daddy. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, they pulled out, so, like, we don't have that money coming in. And that's a problem. <laughs> we did spend money that, assuming they'd, they'd give us the oil money, and they didn't. So, like, we might have to... We're definitely going to have to, like, fire a bunch of people and, like, cancel a bunch of projects. Cool. We might also have to sell a couple of those IP that we just got around <laughs> to buying. Well, okay, we'll, we'll sell some of the beloved old stuff that we were probably never going to do anything with anyway. Well, we'll, I mean, we'll keep the, the new yeah, stuff. As long know. as we sell it at a, at, at a, you know, a markup, as long as we make a profit, then uh, whoever gets it, it's their problem. Yeah. I mean, and they can look for, forward to Jet Set Willy Reloaded. Exactly. You are a fucking genius. I know. So what have you put in your ear? Um, or ears, plural. I was going to say, do, uh, did I only get to put things in one of my ears this week? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I've not put a lot in my ears this week. No. I, or this last two weeks. I did finally get back to trying to listen to new pieces of music. Mm-hmm. Um. I just haven't had the brain space for it with mm. everything going on at the moment. Yep, uh, fair. I listened to one new song that I thought was good, and I will mention here. Uh, it's called All My Nameless Friends uh, by a, call, a band called Call Me Malcolm. Uh, it's a very headbangable uh, rock track without being too metal. Um, like, you know, it, it's it's more the tempo and the sort of grand stadium sound of it that lend themselves to the sort of headbanging than the heaviness of it necessarily. Like, there's okay. even a little bit of horn in... Like, it's not Scar, but there's a little bit of horn mixed in with that rock occasionally. Oh, yeah. Um, Very simple and repeatable lyrics. It's the kind of thing that, like, if you saw them as a support band uh, and didn't know the words, by the end of the song you could probably sing along. Okay. Uh, kind of rock. Um, 
just about the the small group of people who stand by you in in your darkest times. Mm. It's a really interesting little track that's like very catchy, very. I could see myself singing this in a big crowd in a big stadium show, have a little headbang to it. Yeah, uh, it's it's a neat little track. Uh, that is the one piece of music I found this week that I hadn't heard before. That I was like, that's that's an that's worth noting. Mm-hmm. That's worth noting that piece of music. Yeah, and I'm hoping to listen to more music again soon, but just. My brain can't take in new music unless it has some free space, which it has not done. Yeah. What about you? You listen to anything? Uh, yeah. I mean, I had to do a bit of listening because, amongst uh, the other things that came with being ill, there were days when it's just like my eyes aren't working well enough. Yeah. So I'm just gonna put some audio on. Uh, so I caught up with Dice Funk. Uh, I think I managed to get like five or six episodes behind. Yeah, you enjoyed season ten. Yeah, I enjoyed season ten so far. Um. I've just done your second arc and the uh, the home arc with the the clowns, the fourth uh, clowning, yes. and the uh, you've done the away arc with the uh, the space werewolves. With the space werewolves, yeah, that was fascinating, and I'm I'm on to whatever's coming next now. I think I'm 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 glad I'm glad that you've you've been getting on all right with my arcs. I mean, this is the first dice funk in a while where I've well fucking listened to it. <laughs> I'll be honest, like I really dropped off. A couple of seasons ago, and initially I thought it was just because I wasn't um, commuting during the pandemic, and I struggled through season was it eight? I think mm. I got to the end in the end. Um, like it was a it was a good story, but for whatever reason it didn't grip me, and I wasn't getting on with it. And then again with season nine, I think I listened to like the first five or six episodes and just dropped off entirely and didn't bother. And then season ten is like um num 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 lots of lots of it's, lots of this place. It it is the case with any like I it, we, it's not this on paper, but I feel like Dice Funk is essentially an anthology. Every season is yeah. like different players, different setting, different narrative objective, different tone. And as with any anthology Sometimes it's just not going to click. Yeah, but I've been having I've been having a lot of fun this season. Like I think that shows. It's it's been really I've really enjoyed the weird balancing act of both being a player and a DM for halves of that story, and the weird little dance back and forth with Austin of not telling each other too much about what we're doing so that we can surprise each other in the sessions we're DMing for each other. Yeah, but also telling each other enough to make sure that our narratives are working towards the same point and are, like, not treading on each other's toes too much, yeah. but then accidentally having kind of similar uh, arcs at kind of similar times. Like, the the most recent pair of arcs we did, uh, me, me and Austin, the, the Ed, were um, uh, both sort of about being trapped in an enclosed space with a sort of magically transformed group of people mm. that potentially like is there a cure for the thing that's spreading on a ship yeah. like not a thing we planned but nope. just little synergies of how we yeah. were telling stories yeah and um i think it's also been like a testament to how good you all are as players and uh dms from the point of view of you were recording away uh home episodes like on Tuesdays and then away episodes on Thursdays solidly for what eight nine weeks? Um, lo- longer than that. It was what like three arcs back to back. So like probably a good twelve weeks of recording twice a week. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then those being broadcast as here's three episodes of one, three episodes of another, or four yeah. episodes of one, four episodes we of the other. We were recording them at the same time, but trying to record them in a way where they could be played back to back rather than at the same time and make sense sequentially. Yes. Keeping those those narratives in my head was quite a thing. For I imagine a while. for you and Austin particularly that was was more difficult as swapping between DM and player. Luckily, it seemed like the, it all it all uh, all the notes helped because yeah. I I think it plays very well as it is um, without having to like dip back and forth. But well done for 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 doing that job because I imagine that was a lot to think about. Zora for the others, the others who were just like, I'm just home or I'm just away, because they don't have to think about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think you've, you've both told fascinating stories, and I am excited to hear the rest of this season. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to have have Dice Monk back, because uh, it's a show I've enjoyed eight seasons of. It's... Well, seven and a half seasons of at this point. <laughs> this has been maybe my favourite season in a while to, to record. Yeah. Um, I am glad that we've somehow made two separate groups on two separate adventures feel like one cohesive narrative that is going in the same direction. Yeah. So what's up for season 11? Can we get three narratives with three groups? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I know about season oh. 11. It, uh, oh, I can say this much. It's going to be another 2DM season. Ooh. And I can also say this much. Don't know exactly when, but at some point in the future I will be co-DMing another season of Dice Funk. Oh, so look forward to that happening again. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's been fun. Yay. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, have you listened to anything else? Not really. Yeah. It's just been listening to stuff I already know while traveling, because familiarity while I'm in un- un- unusual places. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of putting, putting like... Songs, songs organized by how frequently I listen to them as a playlist. Put that in my. You know the things we talk about a lot on this channel. Lots of MCR. Yeah. yeah. Bit of shock one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Some some of the regular scar tracks. Right. Yeah. That that stuff. Yeah. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. So as you're probably aware, we have concerns about marketing. Yes, yes, yes. It's been, it's been rather, rather difficult to get the youth to engage with our, um, our advertisements. Indeed. I mean, we've, we've had this whole thing where we've put pressure on YouTube to, to stop people being able to skip advertisements. Uh, we've made, uh, more adverts appear in things. Uh, we are making adverts bigger, more brash, and more enforced, and yet still, people are finding ways to avoid them. Or just seeming to dislike our brand because they've been forced to see them. Indeed, indeed. And yet, and yet, I am learning this week that there is a an entire two or so weeks of just hours and hours of advertisements for video games. Oh, yes. And the uh, the people are watching them. By the thousands, thousands of people willingly, the board, willingly choosing hours, to watch advertisements. Hours, hours of advertisements. Hours of advertisements. Well, but, but maybe we can apply that to our, us and our business. Maybe we can do something like this. Right. Okay. So, what do you, what do you think? Um, you, what what do we do? We do some sort of mixed media thing, perhaps? Yeah. Well, maybe we just follow the format of what they're doing. We make the uh, 
the the Procter Lever Industries Summer Showcase. Right. Yes. Yes. I, and then we just type it up. Oh, there's a there's a new kind of washing powder coming. Oh, you won't believe what we what reveals we've got for toothpaste. Yes, maybe we could we link them together with these uh, just hilarious skits that we'll we'll get someone to write. Someone who who is down with uh, the kids about a decade ago. Look, I'm pretty sure that as long as in between each one we we get someone with a big deep gravelly voice to go world premiere. It'll probably work. World premiere. Yes, they'll be they'll be very happy to see uh, the latest. Pods, the latest washing pods, and maybe we can make a very relevant and timely joke about children eating them. Oh, that'll be very relevant and timely. World premiere. World premiere. World premiere. Yes, I, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yes. Just, uh, just got done with the, uh, with the, the little tiny bedroom with the, with the half-sized beds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was great, great. Got to put some shelves in. Yeah. I got yeah. to build another Calyx. You know how I love to build a Calyx. Oh, oh, they're wonderful. Yeah, I love oh. to build my Calyx. I, I furnished it with all sorts yeah. of things. I've got, uh, a bunch of stuff over there. I just, I just wish there was more opportunities for us to build this flat pack. We're surrounded by all this adult Lego, and they want us playing I with mean, more of it. I mean, that's the problem: is once you've assembled a thing once and put it in the show floor, we don't get to build it again. And if no. only there was a way, we because like, it's not fair that we don't get to do the fun bit of building it. Like the, the the people at home get to do that, and we don't. Yeah, and I know, like the whole point was it costs less money for us to. Not build it, but what if they let us build more of it? What if they let us build more of it? I know what you're thinking. We'll go go on. Um, what if we just charged the same amount as regular, you know, stuff, right? Rather than you know cheaper because it's flat pack, right? And we made a service where we build it for you, and we market it as convenient. Right, right, and not just an excuse for me and you to build another Calyx. So it's just like a uh, uh, like a, a surcharge that we put on the bottom. Yeah, and then uh, want, we if, get to build uh, Calyxes, and we get to charge the price of uh, a yeah. full price. Oh, uh, you don't want to build out Calyx? It's going to be easy. Oh, it's going to be such hard work. It's going to be hard, so hard. You know how oh. you know all oh, you and you don't need more Allen keys. Yeah. What if what if we came and built it for you? You know, as a serv- a favour we're doing for you. A favour we're doing for you. And we yeah. can advertise that right on the website when yeah. people are buying. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Do you want it yeah. built for you? Yeah. Well, so I- you don't have to do the fun little Lego project. Yeah, it's yeah. it's we get to build the Lego. I, <laughs> yeah, we I, I think that's great. I'm going to go and talk to the great. boss right now. I'm yeah. going to I have an appointment. At five o'clock with Mrs. Blower High, and we are gonna uh, we're gonna see about uh, letting us build all the big Lego. <gasps> oh, it's gonna be good. Come for so many Calyxes. Calyxes, as far as the eye can see, each one with a tiny shark. <laughs> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Uh, better, mate. Better, I must say. Yeah, you, you been up to much? Oh, I'm just trying to beat the heat as best I can. You yeah, know. yeah. Take that, the heat. Yeah, but, you know, fisticuffs with it. You know, well, you know, light, very light, laid back, chill fisticuffs. Well, exactly, it's just exactly. Been exactly. To what, mate? Yeah, yeah, and particularly, you know, here in the uh, UK, it's been uh, 
very warm in a place where our homes are really not built to deal with it very well. Indeed, I have taken to uh, putting reflective tinting on all the windows so that oh. uh, the the heat will get bounced out a little bit, maybe. Oh, good shout, good shout. Yeah, it's, uh, hopefully, if I've if mounted it correctly, it will uh, melt the neighbor's jag. Oh, nice, nice. But yeah, it sounds like you're taking, making some efforts to, you know, take the heat seriously and look after yourself in it. Well, you know, I am, you know, I'm not the most slender person in the world. I realise, obviously, that, that that does make me prone to suffering in the heat. You know, I, I have been one to struggle with that. Also, you know, I have a, a history of mental health problems and, you know, I've been... Had many summers where I've been taking like SSRIs or whatever, and I don't know if you're aware of that, but it does oh, yeah. make you much more prone to uh, dehydration. So well, I think because of, yeah. of that, I do take it quite seriously. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's a lot of medications that you know can sort of dehydrate you a bit. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of situations that can lead to you being a bit more dehydrated. Be it you know if you're working a manual job, if you're yeah. on certain medications, yeah. even if just you know you're not used to the heat, maybe you've moved and your temperature's different wherever you are oh, now. Oh, yeah, climatising yeah. can be a whole different thing. Like, people are going, oh, well, that's not that hot yet, yeah. but it's not... You're used to a certain well, local climate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... You know, sometimes it's not even that hot. It's just you've gone from the weather being very cold for a while to suddenly being quite warm. And, yeah. you know, it's important to take that seriously and to, like, look after yourself, you know? And humidity considerations. Because, yeah. you know, you might live somewhere where, uh, you know, like... 27 degrees is is pretty average but you live with like zero humidity and as a result it's very manageable whereas someone with like somewhere with a, a similar temperature but much much higher humidity it becomes almost unbearable yeah. like you're swimming through the air yeah it's important to like you know not just for yourself but also check you know make sure other people around you where you can yeah, yeah. like you know proper staying properly hydrated yeah. but also just like you know giving your body some space so like you know if it's a bit more you know a bit more tired out a bit more worn out than usual respect your body recognizing yeah, go yeah. the heat it's your body's having to work hard to adjust you to the heat yeah you know give your body a little bit of leeway during that you know yeah um, you know and also at the start of of, of uh, hot weather you know you're gonna it, if it's been a while if you happen to live somewhere you know like the uk where it is you know quite temperate and well you know you do have to sort of go well yeah you know maybe i i did handle this quite well last year but maybe i've forgotten that in the first couple of weeks of that i i really did struggle because you know it took me a while to to get to that level of, of managing with that. Um, you know, we are, you know, we both live in quite a, a damp area anyway, you know. Woke up yeah, this yeah. morning and there was uh, just uh, thick fog all around. <laughs> and then, you know, by lunchtime, it was almost impossible to breathe because it was both so hot and so wet. You know, luckily, you know, fans and window tinting is, is certainly helping this year, especially since, you know, that window tint is quite easy to get back off again, you know. Living in a rented property, we can't really make any permanent changes. I can't cover the entire house in tinfoil like it's a baked potato and hope that the sun just bounces off harmlessly and doesn't bother me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, if you've got many tips, uh, my, I suppose my main one is uh, set an alarm if you're someone like me with the ADHD and it's worth just going... Mate, how much water have you drunk? Yeah, just just something to remind yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, just give you that yeah. little nudge. Or even just, you know, my, my tip would be like, 
hey, sometimes just go splash a little bit of cold water on your face and, you know, let that... If you've got a fan on, a fan's going to do a whole lot more mm. good if it's hitting some some damp on your face, you well, know. That can, back of the neck, back of oh, the neck. So, both yeah. of those can real oh, supercharge yeah. cooling you down a little. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <sighs> Hug, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Yeah, good on, mate. Good on. Right, I think we're going to uh, have a shower before bed because oh. I'm a little bit sticky. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Just all the places. Laura K Buzz. Um, what have I got coming up? If you happen to be in Oslo, uh, in Norway, I'm going to be at Oslo Pride. Um, what what date is this? Uh, let me find out. Oslo Pride on the 25th. The 25th of June? That's a Sunday. Um, I don't know exactly where. Keep an eye out for social media to Oslo. find out. Um, Oslo. Oslo Pride. Uh, there'll be specifics on social media closer to the time. Uh, I'm probably going to be doing something at the Common Press in London on the 24th of June, so... Keep an eye open for that. Um, I got got a bunch of stuff going on. Just keep an eye out for Laura K. Buzz. You'll find all the things I am doing. What about you? I don't have Unified Branding, but I've got a link tree to squidge it all together. So that's linktree, linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music I write and the things I write and uh, the t-shirts I design and all sorts of other stuff you can help support me over at patreon.com slash stoned monkey radio for as little as a dollar a month you can join all the lovely people who uh, help me work myself constantly and to try and make more things in the hope that eventually there are enough of these wonderful people gathered together that I can give up my day job and just create for you constantly and be more free to make more music and design more t-shirts and write things and stream and do all the stuff to just fill in the days when Laura's not doing things. Imagine it. Just a constant stream of, of Magnet Dale media coming at you <laughs> from all directions. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Join the, those lovely people. Help me reach my goal of hitting 52 uh, subscribers by uh, the end of, uh, end of the end of the year. I would really appreciate that. Uh, I think that's everything. So, Laura. Yes. Will you see us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.